Welcome to the Expert Secrets Radio Show. My name is Shane Stubbs, and I am the host of the radio show. I've been a health and physical education teacher for 32 years, and I've taught over 30,000 health and physical education lessons. Whoa, how much has the year changed in 2020? Coronavirus has turned the world upside down, and it is also the same in health and physical education, the thing that I've been doing my entire career. This radio show addresses so many questions about the personal physical health status of school-aged children and how they turn out in adult lives. The goal of this radio program is to explore all of the world's experts in cardiology, childhood physical activity research, medicine, public health, cognitive neuroscientists, exercise physiology, and the list goes on. I've gathered groups of professors from around the planet and put them into this show. But now that the world has really changed, we have to address in 2020 and beyond what is health and physical education going to look like. That's what this radio show is about, and I can't wait to share with you today's episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to today's episode. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm getting my brand new book ready. We're just finishing off the last parts of it, getting all the editing done, all the formatting done, so we can get that book out on September the 5th. As I record this, it's August the 15th, so I'm right in the middle of just finalizing some last parts that I want to go into the book before we get it out there. Today's episode actually comes from a part of the book one of the major frameworks. So remember, if you've been with me before on these episodes, there are five major frameworks inside My Child's Healthy Life, the whole project called My Child's Healthy Life Project. One of the major frameworks is called the Band 6 Funnel. In a recent episode here on the radio show, I went through the very first part of that Band 6 Funnel called the Future Box. Another part of the Band 6 Funnel, the last part, so I haven't given, haven't given you the middle yet, but the last part is called the Petri Dish Effect. You know what a Petri Dish is. You grow a culture inside a Petri Dish. See, here's what I think. The community that you live in grows a culture, an attitude around physical activity and the associated health outcomes. You either believe one of two things, that this culture happens to the school-aged children in your care and you cannot influence, or you cannot influence it, or you are a creator of the culture of the school-aged children in your care. Whether you're a parent or whether you're like me, a health and physical education teacher and also a parent. I am always and always have been in the second camp. I believe you are a creator, I am a creator of the culture of school-aged children in my care, my own child, and for me, the students that I actually teach. My 30,000 face-to-face lessons with school-aged children have given me the opportunity to develop lessons and skills to build a culture amongst my community of learners. There is an online course that you'll read about when you get to my book called the One Passport Away Challenge. So it's more of a challenge than a course, but it's really designed to fit into the modern world of the way in which things work on the internet. There is a student version, a teacher version, and a parent version. Inside the challenge, I have a step-by-step set of framework lessons or lesson maps that I use with students on how to build culture around improving your personal physical activity habits, especially frequency, intensity, and purpose, and the associated health outcomes that come with it. 
If you're interested in what those lessons look like and you want to bring them to your child, if you're the parent, or your students, if you're the physical education teacher or health teacher, then you need to go to my book and you'll learn all about the health passport. And later on, we'll put a link inside the radio show. Here's the most interesting experience. I want to give you an experience of culture that happened to me in real life. So I've been involved in sports and sport teams since I was 10 years old. I love sport and I always have. Any sports, all sports. I love competing. I love the challenge of trying to beat someone else or help my team win. I was lucky enough to be gifted at sport and highly determined to succeed in any sport that I wanted to participate from around about 12 years of age onwards. However, I was not good enough to be a professional athlete. Um, And I knew this by the time I was 18 years old, even though I had this incredible attitude to want to actually be a professional athlete and go to the Olympic Games. The attitude I developed between 10 years of age and 18 years of age never left me, and I carry it over to my work today. The one thing you will know if you listen to my listen to this radio show, read my books, take the One Passport Away Challenge, uh, look at any of the virtual um, uh, virtual conferences that we have. You, my child's healthy life is that you know I believe in my mission with my in just listening to my voice. I want to infuse my unbreakable culture into whoever listens. So this next story that I'm going to give you is a person I saw give a speech in 1996 at an indoor stadium in Melbourne, Australia. To this day, it is the most impactful live event I've ever witnessed in person. There were 15,000 people in the audience, and the voiceover came on. This is what happened. So inside the audience, um, there with um, my wife. Uh, no, I'm not at that point in time, actually. We hadn't met at that, at that particular conference. She was there at that conference, but we hadn't met. So there were 15,000 people in the audience, and a voiceover came on, and it said, Welcome to the stage, the next speaker from Richmond, Virginia, USA, Mr. Bo Short. And I thought to myself, What kind of a name is Bo Short? That is not an Aussie name, Australian type of name. The next 90 minutes have never left me. And the speech he gave me totally explains the framework of culture. And I will do my best to explain it here in in this radio episode, radio show episode. But what I want you to understand is that being here in the audience, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever gone to live because it wasn't it was like there's other people that I've heard on videos and and so forth um, the Tony Robbins of the world that I've heard on videos that they have an impact on certain people but this particular person this particular speaker he had spoken around and, and, and Tony Robbins for example doesn't give me I'm not the kind of person that responds very well to his material so he has spoken, this guy that I'd listened to, this guy, Bo Short, which you've never heard of, you can go and look him up. He's spoken around the globe in 34 countries to more than 1 million people in audiences ranging from 100 people to 60,000 people. That day that I was there was about 15,000. And they've heard him, this is from his website, they've heard him stress the importance of leading with impact. I love that statement. He is, and it says on his website, one of America's most foremost thought leaders. He has impacted thousands of people with his message on leadership, success, and business development. 
He has served as a keynote speaker for organizations such as Harley-Davidson, Duke Energy, John Hancock Boys, and Girls Club of America, Salvation Army, Century 21, and he specializes in leadership-driven topics, which I really love that whole concept. Whether he is lecturing to future leaders at one or of the major universities in the US, or is delivering keynote speeches to the finest corporations, he brings enduring leadership principles to life. So that's who this guy is that I was listening to. He's been featured in magazines, counted in quote, uh, uh, quoted in countless books and, and, and entrepreneurial magazines. Right? So here are some excerpts from the speech that, um, that I was attending live at that particular event that I have gone and created in my own world and, my, and in my own students. So just to clarify, what you're about to hear, I have incorporated into something called the One Passport Away Challenge. All of the details about that are in my book, and when it becomes live, we will um, we'll put that all the learning maps up and the whole uh, how you can access the One Passport Away Challenge uh, into the radio show as well. So here's the first. There's four things that he went through in this speech that really struck with me that I remember. Here's the first thing. He said, "The poet." The title of this section is called "The Poet and Culture," and here's the first quote: "It is the disposition of the thought that altereth the nature of the thing." That was spoken by John Lilly, who lived between 1553 and 1606. John Lilly was an English writer and poet and a dramatist and a courtier, best known for his lifetime, um, lifetime work in his book called Euphius, The Anatomy of Wit. As far back as the 1500s, here is a person who is telling us this, how we think will determine our outcomes. If our disposition, listen to this, if our disposition about physical activity is, oh, I don't have time, or I can't be bothered, or it's just not that important, or I don't care about my future physical health, then these thoughts will drive our personal actions to produce a low level of physical activity, and our bodies then become at significant risk from developing cardiovascular disease or cancer, the two leading causes of sickness and death. So here is this guy, John Lilly. It is the disposition of the thought that altered the nature of the thing. Now that was back in the, in the 1500s that this guy wrote that statement. And I'm thinking to myself, well, right now, in most countries around the world today, in 2020, as I record this, 60% of adults do zero physical activity per week. 60%. This means that not all of the other 40% are doing enough physical activity to become physically healthy and lower their risk. My big question is this, does it mean that most people have a poor disposition to physical activity in 2020? I think yes. We need to grow our personal and community culture. We can't wait for someone else to come along and do it for us. It will just never happen. What John Lilly said in the 1500s is as applicable 500 years after he wrote it. You must decide your own disposition. The world around us is setting our disposition for us. We're one where most adults and school-age children are not physically active enough to, in order to become physically healthy. Here's my big takeaway from this first section of the speech. I've always been a person who looks at my own personal disposition towards a topic. What this guy said, Bo, uh, Bo Short, back in 1996, at that speech when he was quoting John Lilly from the 1500s, when I was in that stadium of 15,000 people, it's never left me. 
I believe what was written 500 years ago and I've internalized it. In 2020, when it comes to the personal physical health status of school-aged children, I want to impact their world positively and educate them to help control their outcomes. In this world that we they now face with of Netflix, Uber, and the multiple screens that they have. So here's the second one. That, I thought that one was fantastic. Here's the second story in that speech by this guy, Bo Short. He, and the title of this section that, I, that I've put into my book is called Spacecraft and Culture. That's a funny title. Here's the story behind it, okay? Bo Short. This is, so I'm going to go between Bo Short and somebody that he met on an aeroplane um, who was a spacecraft engineer. So here's Bo Short. This is what he said in that speech. When I was 40 years old and I was on a plane and I was sitting next to a guy and, start, and I started making small talk and I asked him this, Bo, what do you do? Spacecraft engineer. I build spacecraft. Bo Short. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, sure you build spacecraft. And the spacecraft engineer goes, no, 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 I actually do. Bo, then he gave me his business card and he said he has 3,500 employees working for him. And I asked him, so Bo asked him, what is your biggest challenge in your profession? Spacecraft engineer. He said, I can't get my engineers to think big enough. And I asked him what he meant. Spacecraft engineer. Think about this. We thought that if you attempted to travel faster than the speed of sound, you would explode. Physics said this would happen, but it didn't. If we can travel faster than the speed of sound, why can't we travel faster than the speed of thought? Bo, he laughed. Spacecraft engineer, that's the problem. Bo, then I thought about it. I'm the guy, so he's a, a leadership speaker, I'm the guy who tells people they can do anything. And then I caught myself and I said, shame on me for laughing at someone and someone who is thinking bigger. Spacecraft engineer, my challenge to my engineers is to defy the laws of physics. So here's my big takeaway. That's a short story of Bo meeting the spacecraft engineer. Here's my takeaway. All these years later, after this part of the speech, I thought about this story in relation to the My Child's Healthy Life project. We don't have anything to defy. All I'm trying to do is build teams of health and physical education teachers and parents to influence students' level of physical activity. This, this has a linear correlation to improving their personal physical health status. My challenge is to get a movement across the globe of people who actually believe it's possible to change the current levels of physical activity with school-aged children and grow their physical health. Not by some designated physical activity program or quasi-personal trainer regime, but by doing it through new education frameworks that can be relied upon in every country a, or and any parent or any teacher who uses them. It is the layering of, listen to this, it is the layering of lessons over one semester, two semesters, three semesters, four semesters, and then the next year that creates the culture. Learning your times table in mathematics framework begins in your first years of school. But you don't stop after year one. By the time you reach the sixth grade, the majority of children are able to achieve a deep understanding of this foundation of mathematics. That means that they can do their one times table, two times table, three times table, four times table, and they can repeat it verbatim, just like I can, because I learned it as a child all those years ago, and the framework is ingrained into my brain. 
The same can be done in health and physical education with the help of parents and teachers. The challenge is to change the fact that right now there are no collective frameworks that allow for physical health and education to be able to have a commonality across the globe. That's my big takeaway from that part. Here we go. Listen to this next section of the speech. Bamboo tablets from 2,500 years ago and culture. So, once again, I'll go between um, Bo Short and the person that he mentions in this story. So, Bo, you don't have to defy anything. He said, look at the principles of success written down on tablets 2,500 years ago by Sun Tzu in The Art of War. And the book is called Warriors Don't Go to War First and Then Seek to Win. Bo, it doesn't matter what the challenge is. It doesn't matter what the task is. And when you know why you're doing something, you determine the path forward to victory and the plans to achieve the victory before you even commence. Bo, second part of it, or next part of it. If you were going to surgery, here's the, here's the story. If you were going to surgery and there was a 50-50 chance of it being successful, your family, they gathered around, they made the calls to your relatives and your distant relatives and they said, everybody come to the hospital because there's a 50-50 chance of this being successful. The last thing you want at that moment, if you're 29 years old, 39 years old, 59 years old, 69 years old, is your doctor coming in and saying, nah, it doesn't matter. I'm hoping this will go okay. I'll do my best, but it's 50-50. You want a surgeon with some swagger. You want a surgeon with some confidence. You want a surgeon that's going to look at you and say, we're going to win and you can count on me. So here's my big takeaway from that short story in that section of this speech. My big takeaway is I've worked with and consulted with these people in the last decade, professors of childhood physical activity research, well-intentioned health and physical education teachers, personal trainer that made it to the uh, all the way to the weight loss, telev- uh, weight loss television show and came third in a, glo- a national competition here in Australia, designed to um, and help people change their attitudes with their personal physical health status. I've worked with a TV doctor who's a cardiologist who also has his own national radio show, a professor of exercise physiology involved in world-leading technology to measure heart rate, another professor of teaching and learning who spent their entire careers trying to um, leave a way that uh, tells us how learners can be successful in the classroom. I've worked with a PhD in electrical engineering and mechanical engineering who invented a new technology to measure physical health outcomes, hoping to change the world with their invention. All of these people have impact of the way in which I think. I can authentically say this, none of them had the spirit in their eye which or the spark which states this this following statement that is my statement getting our children invested and falling in love with being physically healthy and healthy and staying that way is a war i'm going to build a team of warriors to help me win at that war these warriors will think one way and only one way before they step onto the battlefield we shall win the war before we start Armed with this thinking pattern and this belief system that I have, we will create and gather more troops along the way. Whenever a student or a parent or a new health and physical education teacher hears the message of the My Child's Healthy Life Project, it will make them sit up and take notice. Over time, let us share more, as we share more about the frameworks from My Child's Healthy Life, it, they will begin to take on the same thinking pattern. This thinking pattern 
which says we shall build deep knowledge and deep engagement with our kids and funnel them into a place where they want to be physically healthy is normal. That is this, this section of what he said in that speech, that I'm going to go out there and win this battle first. I will not influence everybody, and I'm not going to. My goal here is to influence the person who's listening to this right now. And that is the objective, is to create this attitude of, we will succeed with the My Child's Healthy Life Project. Think about this. I started on May 19th, 2020, trying to see whether I could collect anyone who's interested in this project who were health and physical education teachers and parents. And listen to this. As of August the 20th, when I'm, no, August the 15th when I'm recording this, 2020, just a, a, a month, two months later. So it was, that was May, so it's June, July, and August. Three months later, I have over 8,000 health and physical education teachers and parents who have come to me and said, I want some of the material that you have in the My Child's Healthy Life Project, whether it's the radio show, some of our um, free giveaways, our, my book, the One Passport Away Challenge, the virtual conference. I launched a virtual conference called The Best Time in History on July 3rd. The next day, 2,800 people had listened to it on the internet. So we are on the way. We're out of the blocks and it's come off at a great pace. I'm really excited about it. So here's the last part of his speech. I'm going to wrap this up pretty shortly. Um, Bo Short now continue to talk about Sun Tzu. So here's the first quote from Sun Tzu from the book, The Art of War. The general who wins a battle makes many calculations in the temple before the battle is even fought. The general who loses the battle makes few calculations beforehand. This is what Bo said after that in this speech. Why do you think mentors get together? Why do you think we have live events, audio episodes, video episodes, learning maps, and education? We are making calculations. We're not calculating for war, but we are still facing battles every day. So here's my big takeaway from that little part of that speech, the last part I want to cover. The world we live in today has access to more information and more um, than ever before in human history. The internet, the total amount of information in the world is increasing. It's a simple enough concept to grasp and is how the future will look concerning analytics and technology. I was watching this program not too long ago and the host said something that really caught my attention. He said, human knowledge is doubling every 13 months. And then I found an article written by someone called David Schilling. And he said, the host went on to say that not only is human knowledge on average doubling every 13 months, we're quickly, quickly, on, quickly on our way to help, with the help of the internet, to doubling human knowledge. Listen to this. Every 12 hours. To put it in context, in 1900, human knowledge doubled approximately every 100 years. By the end of 1945, the rate was 25 years. And this is called the knowledge doubling curve as it is commonly known, is created by um, somebody called, an educator called Buckminster Fuller. That's a pretty cool name. In 1982, if you want um, to combine, if you want to take this even further to prevent down the proverbial road, you combine this with um, somebody called Ray Kurzweil's head of Google's artificial intelligence. That's this guy, Ray Kurzweil. He has this singularity theory and Google's Eric Schmidt and Jared Cohen, Eric Schmidt was one of the founders of Google, has ideas which are discussed in their new book called The Digital Age, Reshaping the Future of the Nations and Businesses and how you can have serious changes to technology using human, intel uh, using, um, human intelligence 
and it's coming coming down the road. Here's my question, right, in relation to the My Child's Healthy Life Project. If we have so much knowledge to access, why is there a sharp decline in childhood and physical activity uh, research, uh, not research, childhood and physical activity in children and adults? That's what I'm trying to say. And a corresponding sharp decline in physical health status. Our physical health status is getting lower and our physical activity levels are getting lower. Sun Tzu was correct. This is my takeaway. Sun Tzu was correct 2,500 years ago. Except today, as we are the generals of our own lives, we're not making calculations that create a culture. I think because we do not have the right frameworks inside our school system and we do not have the collective educational frameworks that give parents, teachers and school-aged children the same answer regardless of the place they live in and the, and the person that's teaching them. The five frameworks from the My Child's Healthy Life Project are my answer to, after, uh, to make it the battle and for us to win and for us to be able to make our calculations. That's what my objective is, is that I want us to be able to go, this is how you make the calculations. This is how you can take all of the world's knowledge and boil it down into these five frameworks and say, I can use that in my life to create a specific culture, which is a part of my band six funnel. Here's what I think, and this is the last part. If we don't have a culture that is different than the one that we've got, we're going to repeat the same thing generation after generation after generation. And what I want to be able to do with the Petri dish effect is I want to be able to begin the process of you being able to think inside your own mind, how do I create the culture? Because it's a, it's a hinge point and a lever in asking, being able to get kids to want to put down their mobile phones and to be able to take up more physical activity to a level where they will become classified as physically healthy. It's a simple concept. Everybody, thank you so much for joining me today's episode. There is so much more coming out because the book is on its way. It's happening very soon in the month of September. And there's a lot of customers that I'm going to be delivering that to, which I'm really exciting. We've had over 1,580 customers already apply for the book. Um, in the free mode where you can, where I pay for the printing costs and I ask people to take care of the shipping costs. So that's what I mean when I say it's in, uh, in, the, in the free mode. Now that's not going to last forever. So if you are considering it, go to the link inside this radio show and that will take you to where you can access and read all about the book. And you can get more than just what we've done in today's episode, um, which is called the Petri Dish Effect. But we can, uh, we can go right into the Band 6 funnel and the five frameworks. Here are the five frameworks if you haven't heard them before. Number one is the band six wheel. Number two is the band six funnel. Number three is 100 PhDs in your pocket. Number four is tracking made easy. And number five is health passport. That's it. Those are the five frameworks inside the My Child's Healthy Life Project. Everybody, look forward to seeing you, uh, talking to you soon. Hopefully, I'll see you on some of the virtual conferences that we have coming up and the other material that we've got coming out in 2021. I'm already planning that. And uh, have a great day, everybody, and look forward to uh, speaking to you again in the next episode. Bye for now.